Okay, welcome podcasters. Let's see, we are, we're off for a week. Adam was out of town plugging his book, Gary tells me. And um, so we're back again. Um, so the music part of our show, I'm going to do, again, continuing with Richard Rogers, which was a, a giant in the Broadway music. Uh, jazz really took a lot from him. The two I'd like to do today, <clears throat> and Oscar Hammerstein would be doing the lyrics, but the tune I'd like to do today is a Surrey with a Fringe on Top is our first tune, and that's from Oklahoma, way back in the, about the 40s, and Younger Than Springtime, I think that's from South Pacific. So two shows from Broadway. Two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters. We were off last week. Uh, as I said in the intro earlier, music one. Uh, Adam was away in New York doing his, uh, playing his book, from what I understand. So anyway, we're back 
this week. And we're going to try to pick up where we left off. We've been speaking about stepping back to look at our life. Um, the momentum of our life just drives us on and on and on and hardly ever able to really get a little space to really look at it. And remember, podcasts, we talked about living space. And we asked all of us to let's take a look at our living space. In fact, what I said last week is, is that I started to do that, and I started to, my wife and I, we changed the bedroom around. We, we really saw, we found a way to really make the bedroom nicer. And then I went into my music room and began to look at all the music I have over the years and put it into categories. Um, and, um, and also, well, I'll get down to that in a minute. Um, there was a couple other space, uh, uh, things to do with our house and space that we both looked at because I told I was doing it on the show. So space, how's that for Gary and Ray? Any, what are they seeing? Anything and any work with their space? How about you, Gary? Not, I haven't changed a lot, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with, with my space as it is. Good. I checked out your space. Yeah, Ray saw, actually, uh, Ray Gary's has seen my space. space. on Monday. I mm-hmm. liked it. It's nice, right? It's, yeah, I think it's you, simple. Yeah, and, and with your age appropriate and got some art up on the wall and uh, put together. Yeah. Uh, well, th- thank you. A good spot. Okay. Did, you, did I let you in my space? No. Not yet. Okay. But I'm not going to push you. I'll wait for the invite. All right. All right. I, get, I let you on the street. Yeah, I've been out in front of your <laughs> space to pick you up several times. Come over today. All right. Okay, so Gary's very satisfied, and maybe you are a podcaster. You look around, you don't see any room, anything you particularly like to change, and that's fine. But we're just looking at it now. That's, that's the main thing. Um, okay, that's, that's what that was. I see B, we talked about relationship. Um, so as you look around your life, at the relationships you're in, um, friends and so on, um, what's positive and what may be negative? Is there toxic things in your life in that area? Or, and what could help make things positive in relationship? So, podcasters, did you take a look in that area? And while we're in that area, let's talk about Father's Day. Now, Sunday of Father's Day came upon us. Ray and I, fathers are both deceased. Gary's father's alive. Gary, uh, anything happened on, happened on Father's Day for you? Um, yeah, well, I went down and spent the weekend with my dad, and we played golf uh, three times. And then his other kids came over, and we all had uh, a big family you know, barbecue thing. Ah, okay. So a nice father. Sounds like a nice Father's Day for Gary. Families got together. Um, I know, for Ray and I, it's just a matter of did we think about a father at all. Yeah, I thought about my father. I thought about, uh, I really wish I, really wish I knew him better. I knew him in a very superficial way. He was kind of a, you know, he was a gentleman from Sicily and not much education, but um, I wonder what really bothered him today. I, I never heard about, you know, what was troublesome in his life. I wish I did. Ray, did you think about your dad at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah, okay. 
And how about you, podcasters? Anything did you see your fathers on the? On I thought Sunday? about some other dads, though. That's the strange thing. I mean, I might have gleaned my dad for a minute or two, but I thought about other dads and like other Father's Day celebrations of recent. Hmm. Okay, so I reminded Ray about others and and what they're doing with their fathers. Uh, my profession was seeing this now. How, um, I know. I think of my own profession. Um, being late in it in my late age. But I, I stay up on some of the psychoanalytical material that my my uh, my mate in my office, my uh, office mate, um, he's a psychotherapist, and he gets a lot of journals, and he shares them with me, and I kind of keep a little update what's going on uh, from the psychoanalytical point of view. But professionally... Let's say for both of you, Gary, for you, what, what could be something professionally for you, even what you're doing now? What would update it? What could help make it better? Any thoughts in that area? Well, I'm, I'm constantly um, interacting with people uh, in this community, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very new um, relative to most things. I mean, especially psychoanalysis has been around for hundreds of years. Podcasts are three or four years old, you know, maybe six. So uh, it's it's nice to interact with people from the other big podcast networks and, and be able to discuss what they're doing and, and kind of collaborate. Mm, yeah. So he's learning on the job. He's in communication with others, and that's, that's a great way to learn. Uh, trade thoughts, trade ideas about what's going on in his world of podcasting as he attempts to um, improve on those areas. Anything for you, Ray, professionally? Does anything? No. No. Okay. I got it down. You got it down. Okay. At a really base level. No, I, I'm all right professionally right yeah. now. So Ray knows what he needs to do with it and, and uh, has a lot of experience with it. And um, I remember when he tackled that job at that large building, he had a lot of different things to do. Podcasters, remember that? Uh, he was able to do a lot of things on that, refurbishing that building. I, I'm right now, I'm working at a uh, a spa in um, downtown. <laughs> and my guys, it's a, it's, a, um, it's a gay bathhouse, right? There's a lot of brickwork and such there. But, um, you know, so it is what it is. And the two guys who work for me are um, of Latin descent. And don't really, you know, and they're both straight, and um, and so am I. But um, to be there and to see see their reactions, because we we're working on the pool area, and we can only do one wall at a time, and to see their reactions to like, mm. you know, because there's a bunch of gay dudes, you know, walking around yeah. and they're naked, wow. and that's fine. So what? But my guys, if you saw them at the face of my guys, yeah. you would just go. It's oh. such a juxtaposition life, and you're witnessing it. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Podcasters. So I got my job yeah. down. <laughs> now nah, it's a new facet of his job. You know, you can picture those guys looking at these nude men going by. Very odd. The odd part of his job. I don't know if he's ever ran into that one before. No, but they're you know they're they're respectful and they understand, which is great. And there's very limited communication verbally between us because I'm not you know Spanish 
at all, but um, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's but, funny for me anyway. Yeah, no, that would be a funny scene to to see. Uh, <laughs> they're and, there now, and they're there right now. Yeah. Okay, no, and the, and the the people there that run it are great. You know, I mean, not, I don't care. I mean, I live and let live. But um, it's you know, and let me tell you something about the um, gay man, Jim. Um, they'll whistle at you. I mean, no shame, no nothing. Like I'm walking around, so they automatically assume if you're there, even though you're working and whatever. Oh, but yeah. they assume that you know you're gay or whatever, or that you're open to it, and they'll they'll whistle at you. I mean, I've gotten like oh, seven whoa. whistles this week, and I'm just going, oh man, come on, you know. Now I'm hey, I'm working on the bill. You do this work, you know, and then they want you to come over and fix their house, which right. is a metaphor for I don't know. Right. Well, all right. It's Gary, good. you're not smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling on the inside. Uh, okay. I've heard some of these stories before, and they're just, they freak me out a little bit. I didn't tell the good one. I used discretion. Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. So, Raisin, an extraordinary situation, even... He's getting whistled out. <laughs> He's getting whistled out at work. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame that it wasn't by the opposite sex, because then maybe I could get rid of some of this stuff I have. Mm-hmm. All right. The next, um, <laughs> the next level. So podcasters professionally really kind of go thought all of that. Where am I? What do I need? Do I need more of an education? And I need to talk to somebody that's in the business and try to get some point of view, or you're doing fine and you don't need any updating on it. All right, the next one I have is health. So let's look for a moment at our health. And when I looked, um, you know, I, when I came up for me and I had these written down in this way, um, I, know I thought I hadn't had a uh, physical for quite a while. And for you podcasters, that thought. Uh, when was your last physical? Um, so, arranged, got a physical, and um, as it turned out, there was a couple of problems they've found out um, that we weren't looking for. Um, and uh, one was, um, well, the most important was, was a growth in my pancreas that came out on what they call a C. A C scope. That's like the donut. I don't know if you people had those MRIs and so on. CT scan. Yeah, I think I call that a CT scan. And they're they're not. I had one. That was nice. I mean, in other words, your head doesn't go into that tunnel. And that's the MRI. Yeah, but I but that led to the MRI. So when they saw that, they said, "Well, now we have to go to the MRI." Now that one is a different story for me. Because I have some claustrophobic tendencies, and um, uh, and I you know podcasters. Do you know? Have you had an MRI? Or I've had like three of them. You had three of them. How was it for you? Cake. Okay, so he doesn't have any trouble with that. Uh, Gary, had have you ever been in the MRI world? I have not. Good. Stay out of it. It <laughs> reminds me of like deep sea diving, and then you're listening to whales or something. Oh. You know, like the that boom 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 and then the different chatters of noise, you know? Yeah, a lot of a lot of noise in it. The sonic stuff. Yeah. Um 
So for me, my concern and my fears was more with having to face that machine than, than the results. I mean, it's really funny, the kinds of fears we have. In other words, when I, when that triggered for me that I was going to have to go under it. And I was going, my situation, I'd been going under for quite a while. They had to deep, dig deep and do um, uh, one without, without the, the product. I forget what they call it. And one just plain, so that they like do two renews, one over after another. Um, did you get medicated? Yeah, I, well, I, what I did is I did something on my own. Uh, I took an Ativan and just to take the edge off because I, I didn't want to get involved. And, of course, I knew it was going to be so long. It was going to be hard to hang in. So I played it safe. There's another thing to do. People forget that when you have difficult medical things, and as you get older, those things get more difficult. Now, at that time, we might need a, a, a Valium or a, a Ativan or something. Anyway, so that was yesterday, and uh, I don't know the results yet. So I think if that's your health. So are you, have you, um, is your health good? In fact, I have dentistry here too, and that's going back to Ray again. Uh, Ray, what, what, what was it, what's the scene with the tooth now? I got my, I had a partial for a long time on my lower front tooth because it, it had been knocked out several times. So I got an implant of late so I could get rid of my partial and the implant that they put in you know they take an impression and then the implant they put in is a temporary one so I, I have a, a little tiny I have a lisp that I notice most people don't notice it but I do notice it and um, so I'm waiting to get my um, permanent one it drives me nuts but I'm I'm grateful that my partial's gone, you know, so because when I used to speak, sometimes it would pop, and you know it's 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 not taking care of yourself having a fucking partial, you know you look like a hockey player, and I'm too old to be a hockey player, so it's all I think I get it my permanent permanent one in about a month, and when they put this temporary one on, I go, listen, you're using that temporary glue or epoxy. I go, it's a two-part system. He goes, yeah. I go, will it fall off or get loose? He goes, no, you'll be fine. Next fucking day, it was loose. Yeah. <laughs> Next oh. day. I had to go back in. They had to re-cement it and all that kind of stuff. But now it's been, it's been all right. And I'm getting conditioned to it now. You know, I'm getting conditioned to speaking clearly. When's the tooth, the permanent going to be put in? In about a month. Oh, okay. It takes a while. Yeah, it, it does. I, I had one replaced too. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, how about you, podcast? Is everything okay physically and with the teeth? And so we're just doing, in other words, a way to just to go over and see the different parts of my life. That's the health part. And finally, in this, on this list is what we call the psychological state. How have I been in that area? Um, any particular anxieties? Like when I was going through for that test, you know, I had a fair amount of anxiety. Uh, to face something like that. Um, uh, moods, any trouble in it like that. So to, just to see, how, how am I? Um, is there a depression? Is there depression in the family that's carried over to me? Um, 
So states and moods of my life. Just to hand that over, uh, that last part to you. All right, so that's to step back and take a look at. Now let's go, we did very functional things. Let's go to the some of the ideas um, to do some of this. And this part two I'm calling our key ideas put together, uh, uh, put forward in our podcast. Now the different ones I've put put across, one is multipl- multiplicity of eyes. This part has to do with I have, I have more than one part of me. And see if you have felt that about yourself. Do you see that there's a certain part that will come to you? Then later on, something very different will be there. Like it feels like it's almost uh, not part of me. Some of them are so, so different. Um, so that's one of the key ideas of, uh, of um, te- teaching is these multiple eyes. As we are, we live in our lives not through just the perspectives, the inclinations, and the attitudes of a single unified eye, but through the perceptions of innumerable small eyes. So in other words, we can't fool ourselves about that. We don't have this one eye. Um, We can see others pop up that feel very different. Um, So that's this, so the teaching here is is to begin to see that for yourself. Um, The changing stimuli occur, something else pops up in me. Something happens. When I heard about having to go through the MRI, a part of me came uh, that wasn't lingering there. It didn't come until I had some of the fear of that. So man has no real individuality in that point. See if that's so for you. He has no single big eye. Man is divided into a multiplicity of eyes. And each separate eye is able to call itself by the name of my whole my whole being. So when I, was under, when I was under the power of the anxiety, that pretty much usurped a lot of my being. Um, and I worked with it too, and I worked with seeing it and so on. And see if that's not so for you. Something comes up that really kind of takes you over. So that was one idea, the multiplicity of these eyes. So what we mostly are working with is unseen clusters of small eyes. Each have access to our primary centers like thoughts, feelings, and body. These parts of us get into those areas of our life that float kind of in the areas of these primary centers of our life, in which they commandeer or take over according to their long-standing mechanical habits. Those habits commandeer our life in our emotional life, our thought life, and body life. They each speak I. They always say I. These unseen habits determine our diverse and changeable opinions, right? We're changing that all the time. Our shifting attitudes, boy, do they change a lot. Our ever-changing attractions and repulsions, and surprising twists and turns of moods. See if that applies to you. See if you do you feel yourself as one whole person? 
Yeah, well, everybody pulls that lie. Yeah, but that's not. Have you ever met one a person who was whole? In yeah. Your, you have? Yeah. And was but, it few and far different. between? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was thinking I, I, I have not. No, in general life, you don't. But they may come in odd places. It doesn't particularly mean they're educated. They're, they're like more, they're in touch with a germinal kind of self, a real I. And usually people could be quite primitive and have that, not particularly educated. So this governs our automatic adaption to other people. That's another thing. We treat people that way, according to which one is up. You must have noticed that a different part of you is brought to the surface with different people. Now, there's one. Have you noticed that? There are people you could be a certain way with. There are people you could be funny and feel like you feel like they're feeling like you're funny. Um, really view us in very different ways. And that I feel different with different people. With, with, um, with one friend, your state and opinions may be one way. With another, another way. So one of the main parts in this work um, is to begin to introduce, uh, think about that I am made up of more than just one person, but a multiplicity of eyes. So that was one of the things that we put forward. And, and then and, the associations that go with all those eyes, too. Yeah. I mean, that's, and then that can be on a, a, a severe loop. Right. Meaning associations like stuff that you're familiar with from whatever, you know, childhood or whatever happened to you. And then you project it onto the next eye or whatever you have. And the cycle of all that. Meaning you're just fucked mm. at some level. But it, you can see it. And speaking of being fucked, Amazon's fucking us right now. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. And this is a plea because business is business and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Okay. Well, okay, we're back and we... Hey, um, PayPal people, like to thank you very much and um, really appreciate it. You're keeping us here and afloat, treading water. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Uh, if you want to donate, go to uh, acejimcarolla.com and click on the PayPal button. We really appreciate it and uh, keep it up. Thanks G- again. Gary, you sound like a FM radio announcer there. That was, was kind of awesome. Why, thank you, Ray. Okay, Barry. Why? Now back to the hits. Okay, yeah, we have three of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how, how was it this week? Anything any different, lower, or That higher? should not be talked about. No, no we, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine. We just need people to keep doing what they're doing. And if you like the show, send us a little love. Okay. Anything on message board, anything like that, Gary? We've gotten a few comments that, uh, you know, but mostly just all positive. No real questions. But if you'd like to send questions, send them to jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You know, when I was um, thinking, well, what was the beginning of this part of, of the anxiety about going in the MRI? 
You know, I thought of an incident that was connected to it. I think it was either no, it was high. It was high. I went to a vocational Bach vocational high school in Philadelphia, where most of the Italian kids and immigrant kids went to learn a trade because their fathers were, you know, they were uh, people in the trades. Laborers. And um, tailors, mostly. Um, and I remember, now, something clicked on to me. I said, now, where the hell did this even come from? And I thought of a key incident that I haven't thought for a long. It just popped up because I was working with this. And I remember one time in this school, um, there was a room that had a double door. It was a music room. It was a big uh, rehearsal, rehearsal band room. And so when you go in the first door, that closed and you went into the second door. It had like a double door. For sound, right? Yeah, I guess it was for sound. And one time, some group of guys, they they got this idea in mind that when I went in, and they knew the second door was locked. I didn't know that. Oh, you got barricaded? And I got in there, and it was better. And it was just enough, like an MRI, just enough. My body fit there. And then I thought I'd turn around and walk out, but they put an iron bar in the, you know, in the handlebar bars, and I saw that I couldn't get out. How and old I, were you? About 15, I think. That's fucked up. Um, and it was very, and I remember it was the first time I've ever felt it, being caught in that small space and they thinking it's funny and laughing and so on. Were you terrified? Oh yeah, I. But I put. I didn't put. I, what I said. What I was trying to. Do, you know, I told them that I was. I got hurt, and I. I. You know, I used something to show the safe face. Uh, anyway, they finally opened it. But, you know, that's my space. You know, think of yourself, podcasters. If there was a time <coughs> that ever triggered something for you, that you remember now. Located, or I mean, related to um, some fear you have today, and that fear was with me from that moment on. Um, I watched about getting into small spaces. You think that's the origin of your claustrophobia? I think that's the active origin of it. Um, you know, there might have been things in younger times, um, very early times. You know. That I had no memory, but that's the memory where it was quite traumatic and dynamic. Wow, and that's sixty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So you've been carrying that. Yeah, to be activated. In other words, it's not always with me. You mean so? If I threw you in the bathroom right now and shut off the light and held the door shut, you'd freak out. I'm not going to do it, but I'm just saying if that would not bode well with you. Like I'm fine in small spaces and I'm even fine in like I've been locked in stuff before, but I always go like I always look at it and I go, "All right, I'll jump up on the sink and I can bust through the ceiling." You know, I always know I kind of have a way out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always like I've been caught in an elevator before and I'll I'll just I'll pry open the door and then it's between floors and and get out. You know, I know Adam was caught in an elevator once and had to sit there until the guys came and got him, you know, which was, I think he was there for like an hour or something like that. But um, I always figure out, I always figure that I can get out. But then if I can't get out, I'm okay. I'm kind of calm. 
but I could definitely understand how one would be, you know, super frightened and, and you know, and, and paralyzed almost from it. Mm, yeah. That's a bad... That leads to a panic attack. Gary, yeah, how yeah. small places for you? Any anything about spaces that? Not really. I'm pretty fortunate on that front. Uh, my mother and my sister are extremely claustrophobic. It's wow. just never been an issue for me. Really? Yeah. That's and it's fun. it's weird because most places would seem smaller if you're me. So I don't mm. know. That's interesting you, in his family. Go ahead, Ray. What triggers panic for me is is when I think about like the stuff that uh, I'm attached to that you know I've had for years like I'm going through my mom's stuff that I've seen you know when it's since I was a child like I remember a skirt of hers that I have now that's a paint by numbers skirt and I see it and it, and it triggers panic for me like seeing that stuff the stuff over the years and then I never realized she was so attached to her shit, which is uh, most of it's just, you know, it's fucking innocuous and crazy. And then um, and I see, you know, that I have the same exact thing. And that panics me. That mm. really f- fucking freaks me out, actually. Mm. Okay. Like I get sweaty looking at it. Mm. You know, I get my palm. I, my palms don't sweat either. But when I start looking at it or thinking about that kind of stuff, uh, like I, I saw some letters from my little brother the other day when he was in the Marines, which was, you know, and then I saw my mother's report card from 1950. Some, Sehr gut, sehr gut. And it said good. My mother always thought she was stupid, yet she got good grades. <laughs> but she would always project that she was not bright, you know, and so seeing all that and seeing how I associate with that stuff too is a real, um, is, it makes me, you know, makes me want to take drugs actually. Okay. So Ray points to another area. Doesn't see the, whatever a fear that we have, um, um, uh, shut in places, small places, you know, has a, Diagnostic name, panic attack. But there's a lot of. Claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Do you uh, have a height fear too? No. Uh, but that's, that's another one. People have real height fears. They don't like, they won't look down from a certain level and so on. So, uh, uh, Gary, any, any particular thing kind of. I'm trying to. Spiders? I don't know. Oh, no. I, not, not so much with heights or. Are you really afraid of spiders? Not afraid of them, but I don't like the idea of them being in my space. Yeah. And I'm convinced arachnophobia. And I'm convinced that when I kill one or or dispose of one somehow, that that means that there's five more I can't see, and uh, I just I can get in my head a little bit about it. I'm not this, scared of them. This sounds like an Adam thing. Uh, Adam has that theory too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not of heights either. I remember my douchebag older brother though. One time, my friend Will was building the boat. And um, it was getting – it was in a backyard anyway. They had to cut off the, the um, angle of the garage because the boat wouldn't fit through at the angle. So they had a chainsaw off the angle. And so my brother and I – I was a little kid too. And um, we were on the garage roof on the peak. And he goes, I bet you can't put both feet over the peak and not fall. 
And I looked at him and I go, why is that? He goes, you can't do it. You'll, you'll fall, you know? And I go, no, I won't. You know, and I remember like that challenge of, and, and then like looking at him going, you want me to fall, which is weird, you know, but I did it anyway. I didn't fall. But like a weird, uh, you know, and I guess I tormented my little brothers too, but my older brother tormented me a lot like, with <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I guess it's not so much fear as anger. That's what I'm holding on to, baby. <laughs> okay. So there's different types. What Gary mentioned, it wasn't so much that he was afraid, but he found himself thinking about it, or I might say obsessing a little bit about it. Um, it wasn't a particularly fearful thing, but I wonder when, in my, uh, how more might come. Or Are you afraid like of any animals or anything like that? Not, not particularly. Snakes? Well, I, I, I live in a world where I don't, I never see a snake. I probably would if one would come out, but I, I don't see anything. Um, okay, so today I'll show we, we have different, we can see, what are you afraid of? Podcasters, as you think of your life, is there some fears, you know, I'm sure some of us out there have some Women. Like have. <laughs> Women, right. Um, things that, have you think twice about or, or even obsess about or that scares you? Is, is there any claustrophobic in your being? It was interesting in Gary's family that two people did. And maybe I sound like two didn't. Um, so sometimes that runs that way in families, very different kinds of fears. I know a family has a fear of birds. Oh. Which is, um, what's that called? AV something I yeah there, there, i think there is a name but AV, i don't know AV, well latin's av right for avion avion no it's not is it it's something like that yeah avophobic av, uh, i don't know anyway all right um all right i see our time so today we continued on and we went through a, a list of possible things to check in our life so if you'd like to do that you know, look at your life from a very functional way. It's uh, ornithobia. Orna. Ornithobia. Thank oh. you. Yeah. Um, Good job, Peter. Look, um, look at your life in a way. Um, and then we, I started a part two on uh, some key ideas um, in, the, in the teaching. And the one we, one we offer today, and we offer, I can offer a few more as we go along, is the idea of multiple multiplicity of eyes and see how that feels for you do you feel different parts of you and even how you deal with people how some person you can deal one way with and another you feel comfortable with third your fear of um, multiplicity of eyes it's, it's ironic you say that because I'm about to do a show with your son and I will be fucking completely different mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. It's just true. Uh-huh. And I'm sure podcasts, you have some example of that too, something where you're very different in a different situation. Okay, so we thank you for the people that responded and we'll keep it coming. And most of all, that we'll tune in and see if this will in any way help your life. Um, and we'll continue with some new teachings uh, next week. Okay, 
So we'll see you next week. Bye. One, two, uh, one, two, Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.